Yes, okay. I know we just uh, had worship, but I just want us to kind of pray, invite God into our hearts, just uh, uh, expect from Him tonight. Uh, that's all I can really say. So let's pray and then we'll get started. Hallelujah, God. We just, uh, God, we love you and we just, we came here to hear your word, God. We came here to, to hear what you're going to say to us, God, to hear your voice, to hear, to hear what you want to say to this generation, to hear what you want to say to this world, God. And we just receive your word, God. We receive the, the truth that, that you're going to speak to us today, God. We receive everything that you're going to say, God. And we pray, God, help us to apply it into our lives, God. Help us to, to transform here today, God. Help us to get closer to you, God, and, 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 and see you in a way that we haven't seen before, God. We, we just invite you here, God. We give you full control god in jesus name we prayed amen amen i want us to open up to second peter chapter two. Second peter chapter two. Second peter is after first peter it's right before third peter those of you who know your bibles know that there's no third peter okay second peter and uh Keep, keep that place open before we get into that. Uh, what I titled this message, or, or what you want to call it, is Ignorance is Not Bliss. You guys might have heard a, a term in, in, in English. There's, there's a, uh, a quote or whatever. It's, it's like, ignorance is bliss. Ignorance is bliss. And, and what that means is uh, pretty much the word ignorance, you know, when a person is ignorant, it, mean he, it means he is, he is lacking knowledge. He doesn't, he doesn't know about something. A lot of times we get called ignorant. People say Christians are ignorant because they think that we don't see the world. You know, we don't look at everything. We don't understand everything. So they call us ignorant. The word ignorant just means to have a lack of knowledge. And there's the saying that, that's, that ignorance is bliss. And what that means is, is pretty much if I don't hear all the bad stuff that's happening around me, it makes my life easier. That's what, that's what that, that saying means. Ignorance is bliss. It means that if I don't hear that people in Africa are dying of starvation, then it makes my life easier. Because, you know, if I never hear about that, then I never think about it. I don't think it exists. And it makes my life easier. So, and, but what I wanted to, to title this message is Ignorance is Not Bliss. And, uh, and I, when this, this came up, just like this topic, this message just came into my heart a, a couple of months ago. I was talking to to a couple and they go to a, they go to church every sunday they're what i like to call sunday christians and uh but they go to church every single sunday and i was talking to them and and i was talking with another person who goes to our church and we were talking and and this other person started uh telling me this weird strange thing that i did not believe existed and then i did research and i found out it existed it's a so there's this hospital in in the UK in the United Kingdom that claims it's it's you know that we are a green hospital we use green energy all that stuff natural green peace all that good stuff. This hospital uh, takes part in in a lot of abortions. This hospitals and you know a lot of hospitals do that nowadays. What was crazy about this story is that this hospital actually takes the fetuses and actually burns them. And uses that as fuel for the hospital to bring heat into the hospital. I heard this and I'm like, there's no way our world is this messed up. But this is reality. And, and, he, and he was telling me this story. And I'm kind of like, dude, this is like intense. Why are you talking about this right now? And, and, and you know, I kind of, 
I can see that our world is like this. So I can kind of accept that. This Christian couple, though, had a reaction that I did not expect. Right away, they, right away the, the wife was like, please stop talking about this. My husband doesn't like hearing this kind of stuff. And that just did not so sit well with me for some reason. I'm like, what do you mean your husband can't? What kind of husband is he if he can't handle this kind of stuff? This is reality. And I realized that this is what today's Christianity is. They want to avoid reality. They want to avoid the truth. They want to hear about prosperity. They want to hear about all the good things of God. But they want to ignore all the bad stuff and, and reality of how it really is. And... Uh, and I realized that, that this, this like movement of, of, you know, ignorance is bliss. Just, just worry about yourself. Make sure your life is good. It's, it's like seeped its way into Christianity. You know, it's like it seeped its way into our minds without us even realizing it. We, we, we don't realize it, but, but we're starting to have this kind of mentality of this is my life. And I, I don't, you know, I don't even want to hear that if that's bad. You know? you know, if there's, you know, if I like a worship team, but then I found, find out they're like really funky. You know, I don't want to hear that. You know, I just want to kind of, no, but that's reality. You know, and we, and Christians, we want to try to avoid all this stuff. And we want to try to see good things about God and all this stuff. But, you know, reality is around us. And, uh, and, and you know, the word of God is the truth. And, and I don't know, the longer that I walk with God, the more I realize how powerful this book is. And the more I realize that I need to hold on to this book like never before. Like this book is what's going to keep me alive in this, in this crazy world. And, uh, and we try to avoid all these issues. We try to avoid all this. And, and, I started, and I started just thinking, I'm like, what is causing this? Like why, why did this happen with Christianity? Why is this happening with the world? And, and I remember the scripture in Second Peter chapter 2. We're going to read the first three verses. It says, but there were also false prophets in Israel, just as there will be false teachers among you. They will cleverly teach destructive heresies and even deny the master who brought them. In this way, they will bring sudden destruction on themselves. Many will follow their evil teaching and shameful immorality. And because of these teachers, the way of truth will be slandered. In their greed, they will make up clever lies to get hold of your money. But God condemned them long ago, and their destruction will not be delayed. It's talking about false teachers. And, and when I read this scripture this week, it, it, it came alive to me like never before, because I realized we're living in this right now. We're, you know, it's, it's difficult to open up Christian television, because there's always somebody trying to take my money in Christian, Christian television. I'm trying to hear a message about God. I want to hear about about about. God's attributes and for some reason for me to get God's attributes I need to give him my money first when in reality that's not what the Bible says God isn't like that God, God doesn't say you know give me your money and then I will bless you God doesn't say give this preacher you know money and then he will put his hands on you and pray for you and you will be healed that's not in here if you guys can find it in here show me where it is I will change my mind if it's in here I haven't found it though and so and so this I realized that, that, that the reason Christianity is like this because the church has become like this. Because the bride of Christ has become like this. And because of that, all Christianity has, 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 is, is starting to transform into this image of, 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 of just this. It's like this human image. It's like, you know, just like God created Adam in his image. 
you know, and then what happened? Sin came in and then Adam became man. He became sinful. He became all this. It's like the same thing is happening with the church. You know, Jesus, Jesus put this church. He created it. It was pure and it was holy. And it's like as time goes on, it gets more and more and more perverted and more and more and more sinful. And, and, we, and we're starting to see this in today's world. And, and it's very difficult nowadays to find, like, pastors who preach the truth. To find churches who preach the truth, who God's love is great. God's mercy is awesome. That's why we all live. That's why we're all here today, because he saved us. That's not where it ends, though. There's so much more to God than that. And if you just limit God to his love and his mercy and his grace, you're, you're seeing a, uh, an image of God that's not truly who he is. You're just seeing a, a side of him. You're just seeing a small part of him. But there's so much to him. We forget that he's holy. We forget that he's pure. We forget that, that, that he wants righteousness. We forget that he wants a pure heart, that he, that he longs for people like that. We, we kind of toss all that aside and we focus on the love and we focus on the grace and the mercy. And he'll help me get through my sins. He'll help me fight. He'll give me prosperity. But we forget that to get all those blessings, there's a price that we have to pay. There's something that we have to do. And it's not just a financial price that we have to give a pastor. It's hard work. It's, it's when you wake up every single morning and you're like okay god this is another day this is another day what do i do today how can i how can i make sure that i'm i'm still with you how can i make sure that i'm still focused on you today god and you know that's that's how we're going to make it that's how we're going to survive and and not and not let this mentality and, and and lukewarm christianity you know seep its way into our minds there's this quote that we hear a lot of times and it's like you know it's like christians they want painkillers instead of you know surgery they just want to avoid the problem they just you know if you have a headache you just take a couple of pills your headache is gone but if you actually have a problem and if they and what if i told you that there's a doctor who can open up your head who can fix it and make it so that you don't have to have a headache anymore just there's a price you have to pay for that and it's a painful price a lot of people don't want to pay that painful price they just want to do the i'll do i'll just do the painkillers i'll avoid the problem but you don't ever actually fix the problem you avoid it. And that's where Christianity is today. It's, a, it's what can I do to make my life happy so that I'm happy. And then, you know, if I'm happy, then everyone around me will be happy. And no. No, if God is happy, then you'll truly be happy. You know, if God is, is pleased with you, if God is happy with you, then everything in your life will just somehow work out every single time. And you won't be able to explain it. You know, it's like you'll, you'll, you'll push money away. You'll push jobs away. And somehow you'll, they'll keep coming at you. You know, you'll, you'll, you'll push this away. You'll push all, all the things of this world away. You'll just say, God, I want to focus on you. And then God will actually hand it to you in a way that, that, that your ministry doesn't have to suffer. In a way that your walk with God doesn't have to suffer. You know, and isn't that the most important thing? I don't know, when I was looking for a job, that was the most important thing for me. What, what can I do to make it so that my walk with God doesn't suffer? And, uh... And Christians today, they just wanna, they just want their actions justified. They just want to hear a preacher justify their actions and say, you know what, you're in sin, but that's okay. Everybody sins. You know, just keep kind of having negative thoughts about it. If it happens again, it's okay. Just just go back to negative thoughts about it. You know, and and, and all, all other things have positive thinking. You know, you'll make it. I'll make it through. I'll be good. And 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 that's what that's what Christians today want to hear. That's why our church doesn't have six thousand million people. Because our church doesn't preach like that. But I can, I can truly say that the quality of the people in this church 
is much greater than maybe the quality of, 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 of the people in the big churches. I'm not talking about like all of the people. I'm sure there's, there's people in there with pure hearts who are truly seeking God. And I'm not saying all big churches are bad and all of this. No, I'm saying, but I'm saying the way that, that, that our pastor preaches, like you don't have a choice but to change. You're either going to change or you're going to leave. Because there's no middle ground here. We don't, we don't do this thing. We do left or right, black or white, right or wrong. Yes, no. There's no gray. There's no lukewarm. There's none of that. And in the same chapter, in, a, uh, in verse, in verse, in verse, in verse 10, and it's talking about God. It says, He is especially hard on those who follow their own twisted sexual desire and who despise authority. And these people are proud and arrogant, daring even to scoff at supernatural beings without so much as trembling. In another translation, it says, it says, uh, it says, who who pretty much like follow their own flesh. I should have probably found that place, but it says who follow their flesh, and and it's like those two points, those like that I wanted to really focus on is their flesh and who despise authority. And I realize that's what I I personally see this as as like the biggest problem is Christianity today is we see pride. And we see rebellion. We see flesh and rejecting authority. Those two things. And it's like every single person I've ever met who truly wasn't living for God either had one or the other or a combination of two. Every single person. It's either he's prideful, he's so focused on his own ambitions of what I want to do, of where I want to be. I want to get the things that I want, the things that make me happy. And I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get whatever I want. Either see that in a person, or you see that I don't listen to anybody. I'm a rebel without a cause. I do what I want. They're kind of connected, if you notice. It's kind of it's all about it's self-centered. It's all about what I want to do. This is what I want. And those two things, you have pride and you have rebellion. Those two things will destroy you. Those two things will destroy you. When you have pride and when you have rebellion, you won't be able to listen when somebody tells you the truth. Because you'll be ignorant because you'll be ignoring it you won't be able to even hear you'll physically hear the words that they're saying but they won't go anywhere they'll stop right here because you're so focused and you're so centered on yourself and that's what pride do pride does it gets into your life slowly without you noticing somewhere along the way you say oh i did a good job here i did this and you kind of leave a door open for satan shoves his finger in there then he puts his hand in there and then all of a sudden you look at it and i'm the smartest person i've ever met nobody knows better than me that's what happens it's like this this slow process but we've seen it happen so many times to so many people you know i i still remember there it's like there were people standing right next to me they were serving alongside with me and now they're not here anymore so what happened pride got into their life somewhere they didn't want to listen to 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 a biblical principle they didn't want to accept something into their lives that was the truth and what happened now i look and i'm like where is this person and he's and he's living in sin and he's back doing the same things he was before and it's like this cycle this ongoing cycle that never stops i don't want that for your guys's lives i don't want that for my life I don't know, and it, you know, and that's a decision that you have to make. I can't make that decision for you. I can't tell you that, hey, you have to be obedient. You have to make that decision that, hey, I want to be obedient. 
hey, I want to humble myself and I want to learn and I want to grow and I want to build my life off of this book and off of the words of God himself. That's a decision that every single one of us has to make. And, and pride and rebellion, there's only one way to fight pride and rebellion. That's with humility and obedience. Just as simple as that. What's the opposite of pride? Humility. What's the opposite of rebellion? Obedience. If you can learn to be obedient, to humble yourself, to put your head down, to say, yes, sir, okay, even if you don't understand something. If you can learn to do that, even if someone causes you to make a mistake, God will still look at you and he will see your pure heart and he'll look past your mistake. Because he'll know that you did it with a pure heart and he'll know that you did it in a way where you were truly trying to please him and not your flesh. And the only way that you can judge if you truly did that is by looking at yourself honestly. I can't look at you and tell you, yes, you did that with a pure heart. No, you, only you can tell when you do something with a pure heart. That's something that's between you and God. Nobody else truly knows why you're doing the things that you're doing, why you're making the decisions that, you, that, you, that you're making. And when he sees that, even, I'll tell you this, your leader might be wrong sometimes because your leader is human. But if you have a pure heart and if you have obedience, God will see that. God will see your obedience and he'll protect you and he'll hold you. And even if your leader makes a mistake, trust me, God's not going to say, oh, you listened to your leader and he messed up. Off to hell you go. That's not how God works. You know, he, he, he looks at your heart more than anything else. You know, he doesn't see your eyes. He knows what you look like, but he doesn't look at your face when he looks at you. He looks at your heart. He looks, is it pure or is it unpure? Is it clean? Is it, is it truly trying to please me or is it just trying to, trying to please themselves? That's how God looks at us. And it's like, because what pride does, it gets us to the point where, where my opinion matters more than anybody else's. You know, he says this is wrong, but I think that it's not wrong. Well, okay, you think it's not wrong. You're never going to change. You just think you're, it's not wrong. And okay. You know, and, and you're stuck at this level where, where you, I don't think it's wrong, but for some reason I can't grow. Or it's like technically I look at this and I don't think it's wrong, but my relationship with God is not getting better. But I still don't think this is wrong. It's when you see that this is wrong, then your relationship with God, even if you don't understand why something specific is wrong, just in obedience. I've had so many times Zima told me do this and I'm like, okay, I will do it. And I didn't understand it at first. And then, and then two years go by and I'm like, okay, that makes sense to me now. You know, because you yourself, you mature, you grow and you start seeing yourself and you're like, okay, I was really immature back then. I should have really seen that. There's so many moments like that where pastor says something and I'm like, okay, I, I will do it. I will be obedient. And then I look years later and I'm like, man, he was right on. If I didn't listen to him back then, I would have made this decision. Then I would have done this. Then I would have done this. And I would have ended up who knows where. So many times. And it's just, and, and I remember Joel Stocksell said this once. He said, every time I go, I go to my authority with a question, I always assume that I'm wrong. I started doing this myself. He's like, every time I go up to my leader with a question, I always assume that I'm wrong. 
So if you go up to your leader and he act- and he says something wh- which is what like what you agreed on, you know your your initial reaction was I'm wrong. If your leader says it's right, then you're like okay, then I can be right. You feel good about it. You're like okay, everyone is for me. If you assume that you're wrong and your leader tells you that yes, you're wrong, then you're like okay, well I already assumed that I'm wrong. It's it's easy for me to let this go. If you go in assuming that you're right and ask a question and expect the answer that you want, you're not going to get it most times. That's reality. That's truth. That's, that's how life works. wish I could tell you everything is rosy, everything, daisies everywhere, fields of flowers, and we can all go prancing around. It doesn't work like that. This is reality. This is life. You don't, if you want to live for God, you don't always get to do what you want. And the longer you live for God, the less of what you want you get to do. Because the, 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 the more you want to grow, the deeper you want to go, the more of yourself you have to abandon, and the more of yourself you have to let go. That's how it works. That's that principle. And there's no shortcuts. There's no going around. There's no way through Buddha. There's no way through Krishna. There's no way through this guy. There's no way through, through this church that's you know, down the street that preaches a lot nicer than us. There's no way. This is the only way. And it's not because our church preaches like this. It's because the Bible says this. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, pick up your cross. Jesus said, uh, humble yourself. Jesus said, do this. And you listen to it and you're like, but I want to kind of go around it. But that's what Jesus said. You can't go around it. That, that, <laughs> when God speaks, when I see red words in my Bible... Red words is when Jesus spoke. When I see red words, I'm like super alert. I'm like, okay, every single word here has meaning. Every single word here was spoken for a reason. It's in red. God spoke this himself when he was on this earth. And there's so many places, you know, we're reading over Proverbs. We're reading Proverbs over and over and over again. And there's so many places where it says, you know, humble yourself. If you walk around with people who are prideful, you're going to become prideful. Your life is going to get destroyed. Humble yourself. Grow up. Mature. Don't be foolish. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. And we keep doing it for some reason. Because this flesh is in us. Because this pride is in us. And we want to do it. But when you, you have to get, we got to get to that point where it's like, I want to do this. But God, more than that, I want to please you. And when your love for God becomes stronger than your love for sin, that's when you start winning. That's when you start noticing that, hey, it's easy for me to let anything go now because I love God so much, I'm ready to just do whatever it takes. That's the only way to fight it is your love for God has to be greater than anything else. In uh, the same, and I already jumped out of there, in the same chapter, uh, in verses, in verse 17, yeah, in verse 17, uh, says, these people are as useless as dried up springs or as mist blown away by the wind. They are doomed to black as darkness. Just before we go any farther, I don't see a lot of churches pre- preaching those kind of words anymore. Just These people are as useless as dried up springs or as mist blown away by the wind. They are doomed to black as darkness. Imagine <laughs> preaching in a big church with hundreds, like even... Preaching in our church and preaching like this Bible. Not even preaching, just like saying this to people. Be like, if you guys only forgot, then you are as useless as dried up springs. Or as mist blown away by the wind, you are doomed to the blackest darkness. That's like, whoa, dude. Can you tell me that I'm a good person and that... (laughs) 
Can you tell me that God sees that you're trying and God sees that sometimes you fall? No, you are doomed to black as darkness. Really? Yeah. That's the thing. If you don't live this kind of lifestyle that truly pleases God, you're doomed to black as darkness. That's the thing. It says they brag about themselves with empty, foolish boasting, with an appeal to twisted sexual desires. They lure back into sin those who have barely escaped from a lifestyle of deception. So what's interesting, it says they, they brag about themselves with empty and foolish boasting. So they talk about how great they are. How, and this is talking about false teachers. They're talking about how great they are, how close their relationship with God is, how awesome they are, how, how great everything they're doing are. But before that says they are doomed to black as darkness. What does that show us? That shows us that what you see isn't always what's really there. When somebody can't always just take people for their words. You know, and, and you know, the Pharisees were doing everything right, technically. On the outside, they were doing everything right. They were tithing the littlest of their littlest. Every penny that they got, they would chop a tenth off of it. That's how good they were. But their heart was still wicked. Their heart was still not there. They did everything right, but their heart wasn't there. So when I say you got to learn to be obedient, you can't just do it just because somebody told you to do it and you're doing it, but inside you're like, oh, it doesn't, that's not going to do you any good. When you're obedient, you got to always have that heart of God. I don't understand why I'm being told this right now, but I want to please you and I want to obey you. And I'm trusting that you're speaking to me through this leader that you've placed in my life. I'm just putting my trust in you. That's, and that's a leap of faith. We're thinking about you know, going to Africa as a leap of faith. That's a leap of faith. That's in all these huge things as leaps of faith. When you just learn to be obedient, that's taking a leap of faith and saying, God, I trust you. I trust you that you've placed this person in my life. And I don't understand why. And I don't understand why he's telling me this. But I trust in you. Not in this person. I trust in you, God. It's... Uh, and later on in verse 18, it says, With an appeal to twisted desires, they lure back into sin those who have barely escaped from a lifestyle of deception. So these prideful people who are truly focused on themselves, not only are they harming their own lives, they're affecting the people that are around them. And especially people who pretty much just came into the church. Now, there's also a lot of places in, 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 in Proverbs where it, where it talks to you about picking your friends. It talks about picking the people that you, that you hang around with, that you spend most of your time with. That is going to be a big factor of where you end up in five years, the friends that you're hanging with right now. I can tell you this, and I'm positive of this, that if five or six years ago I didn't become friends with Dennis, I probably wouldn't be here right now. You know why? And it's not that Dennis is this amazing, awesome. He is an amazing and awesome person. But that's not why. The, the reason why is because I, I saw this guy who was hungry for God more than anything else. And I'm like, you know what? I want to hang around with people like these. Because he's never going to justify my sin. He is never going to tell me that this is okay. That, no, he's going to always strive for God. 
And he's never going to justify my sins. Every single time I look at him, I'm going to be challenged. And it's going to challenge me to grow and it's going to challenge me to step over my flesh. It's going to challenge me to step over myself and, and get to that same place that he's going. That's what it means when it, in, in Proverbs 27, 17, it says that's iron sharpens iron. That's what it means. So you, if you surround yourself with people who are in the same boat as you, who, are, who have the same pride, who have the same rebellion as you, who have the same opinions as you, don't expect to get closer to God. Don't expect that magically one day all six of you are going to get on fire for God at this, on the same exact day. That might happen, but don't expect that to happen. The only way you're truly going to change is if you take yourself out of that atmosphere and you put yourself into an atmosphere where you can truly grow, into an atmosphere where you can truly, where, where, where you can be told the truth. Because when you're surrounded by all these people, when there's people backing you up, it's hard to tell you, hey, you're sinning right now and it's wrong. Because everybody's with you. You're like, well, my buds, we're all, we're all together. We're not doing anything wrong. We're, we're fine. It's hard because it's, you know, six against one. When you take yourself out of that atmosphere and you say, was I really wrong back then? And you hear the answer and you're like, okay, I was wrong. It's a lot easier for you to accept it then than with everybody. And, and I would even say don't, <laughs> don't hang out with people like this. When you're standing on a rock, when you're solid in your own life, then you can come back and try to save them. Because if you're not solid yourself, you can't expect to pull them up. If you're standing on sand and you're trying to pull somebody up a hill, you're going to go down. Unless somebody's like Stas and he's huge and then somebody's like Josh and whatever. But God created us all equal. There you go. So we're all equal. So if I'm standing on a sandy hill, I can't expect to pull somebody up. When I'm standing on a rock, when I'm standing on something solid, something that doesn't move, then I can start pulling people up. Then I can start actually doing something. And at that point, if we go even deeper, it's not even you. You're just pulling out your hand, but then God's putting his hand alongside that and boom. So it's not even you. But what I'm saying is when you're solid in your own life, then you'll be able to actually affect other people. When you're not solid yourself, don't expect to be the salt and don't expect to be the light quite yet. You have to get to a point where you actually know what salt tastes like and you have to actually know what the light looks like. When you actually know the truth, when you actually know this reality, then you can start telling other people about it. And that, that's what Christianity is. It, it's crazy. It, I've heard in so many churches, it's like somebody gets saved one week, and the next week they're already out, they're out in the streets preaching to people. And I'm like, yeah, that's good. That's a good initiative. But what are you preaching to people? You're preaching them probably the same thing that you've heard on the first week, that God loves me, that he saved me, and I was sinful, and now I'm here. Okay, and then that person's going to come to church says the same thing. Then he's going to tell somebody, and that's all you ever go on because you never get deeper. You never grow. And you're stuck your whole life, and God loved me. He, he saved me from sin, and I don't, I don't even know what I'm doing with my life right now. But I come to church on Sunday, and it makes me feel happy because the music's really great. And you're stuck in that cycle, and you tell everybody about how great your life is when your life is truly nothing, and you don't have anything. It's like these guys, it says they're preaching, and they're boasting about all this, but it's empty, and it's foolish. It's not that God didn't save you and do this, but you have to grow first. You have to grow. Peter walked with Jesus for years. He didn't preach until the Holy Spirit came onto him. 
he didn't preach until Jesus said go I'm sending you out by twos go and preach and even then they're kind of like Jesus that was crazy there was this one guy running around we, we couldn't even get demons out of him and it's like you guys didn't reach that level yet you guys didn't go deep enough yet you're just scratching the surface and that's the thing when we hang out with people and we're all just scratching the surface we're like scratching all of it we're like oh look at this oh that's really cool and that's all we ever look at is the surface we never go deep because to go deep it's something that it's it's that's that's where christianity becomes personal that's your personal walk with god you can't do it with your friends yes they're there yes they might if you get good people around you they'll encourage you they're cha- they'll challenge you but it's still your own personal walk that you go and you get deeper and, and you keep seeking god and you get hungrier and once you get that in your life there's nothing that compares to that i could tell you that once you get to that point where where your hunger for god is 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 greater than your hunger for anything else in this world you wake up every single day and it, and like Timo was saying, everything is wrong, but you just feel happy. Because you know God is with you, because you know God is in control, and you know that it's all going to be over soon, hopefully. You have that hope. Because God is hope. Without God, you don't have hope. Without God, it's just everything gets worse and worse. And uh, There's this place in Proverbs that says, true true humility true humility and fear of the lord lead to riches honor and a long life this is true humility and the fear of god that's in uh, proverbs 22 4 you can write that down but true humility and the fear of god lead to riches honor and a long life who wants riches honor and a long life i want riches honor and a long life true humility and the fear of god will lead to that when we try, when it, Andre does this magic trick, when you know he has the coin and boop, it's gone. That's and it's like as silly as that is. That's that's our lives. We chase this stuff. We're like, we got it, we got it. Oh, oh he tricked us again. And we're stuck, and we're always chasing these things, and 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 we're stuck in this. Oh, I want this, I want this, and it's like as soon as we grab it, it's in our hand. It's a mirage, and it's fake, and it doesn't exist. And then we go back to God. Why is this happening? Uh, you promised me riches. You promised. God promised you riches if you have true humility and if you have the fear of God in you. Then it says it'll lead you to riches, honor, and a long life. And those riches, they won't be billions and millions and millions of dollars. You have to understand that too. God's, you know, I think riches in God's kingdom is like revelations. He just gives you more revelation. He's like, there, more knowledge of me, more wisdom. He has more, more of this. And it's like you look at it and you're like, wow, this is more important than anything else in this world. Because this is helping me to make the right decision. And this is helping me to actually be a blessing to the people around me. In a way where I don't just make them feel good. I actually start challenging them to become better. Because I'm so focused on my relationship with God. And the people around me actually see that. And it challenges them and it makes them want to grow. That's what I think it means to be the salt. and be. Yeah, it means to preach the gospel and and all that too but when you know that's like your testimony that's your personal walk with god when you start talking to to people about your relationship with god 
I don't know, that, that's always worked better for me than just Bible scriptures that I've pulled out of nowhere and just started telling people. When I tell them about, hey, I was in this situation and there was no way out and then God did this crazy miracle and then this happened and 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 I got a result and they're like, okay, there's no way that's a coincidence. You know, when your personal testimony from your personal walk in, but the only way to get to that level, the only way to get to that point is to stop being ignorant, is to see that correction in your life, is to see, to look at yourself from the side. There's, there's a lot of times where you just have to kind of get out of your body and just look at yourself from the side and be like, there's something wrong with me. I'm doing this wrong. I'm doing this. Why am I doing this again? And you, and, and you have to be able to look at yourself from the side and, and truly judge yourself. And truly look at yourself and, and, and look at where you are in life and where you are with God. When you're prideful, you can't do that because when you're prideful, I'm always right. And there's nothing wrong with me. But, but when, you, when you can look at yourself, when you can be truthful with yourself, when you, can, when you can be honest and you see these things, then when your leader comes up to you and tells you, hey, you're doing this wrong, you're kind of like, yeah, I saw, I saw that. How can I get rid of this in my life? How can I work on this? How can I grow? And that's, that's really, I don't know, that's, that's really my message for today is, is be honest with yourself. Look at yourself. Look into your own heart. I can't look into your heart and tell you everything that's wrong. If I watch you for a while, I can look at your actions and I can judge by your actions. You know, it says, it says by, by, by the fruit, you'll be able to judge what kind of tree it is. You know, if I see apples around a tree, a whole bunch of apples on the ground, I'm going to assume that this is an apple tree. It's logical. If you constantly see sin, if you constantly see laziness and it's a cycle and you see it in the same person, you could tell that, hey, there's something that's not right in this situation. Because it, it, it even, it, it says you, can, you can't have a spring that has both fresh water and salt water. Eventually, you'll be able to see, is this a spring that has salt water or is this a spring that has fresh water? And only time will be able to, to tell and only time will be the judge of, of what kind of fruit you're bringing in your life. And so, uh, uh, I don't really know what else to say. Just I, I want us to, I want us to pray, and I, I just want us to really look at, at our own hearts. It says, it says Jesus, said, uh, Jesus said, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. That's when you can look at yourself and judge yourself in truth and be like, you know what? I'm right here in my life right now. I want to be here. This is where God wants me to be, and I truly want to be here, but I'm here right now. When That's like the first step. When you, when you can accept that you're not perfect, when you can accept that, that, that you're not always right. When you can accept that, hey, maybe I might have been wrong this whole time with my opinion on this or this or this. Maybe this whole time, the fact that there have been seven leaders telling me the same thing over and over and over again, maybe they're actually right. Maybe they actually see something in my life that shouldn't be there. Maybe they're actually looking ahead into my life and they see that that this decisions I'm making today will affect where I'm going to be in the future. You know, when we can get to that point, that's when God can start working with us. So I just want us all to stand up and just uh, start start looking at your own life. Just start thinking about yourself. Just start, uh, just start praying to God. And, uh, just look at your situation with God. Look at where you are.